Well, it's again good to see everyone. Uh, have a short lesson tonight, and uh, it's nothing new. It's stuff that we've heard many times before, or the theme of it in the lesson. So, the title of my lesson tonight, I've called it A Way of Escape. And so I want to start with a story. Uh, it took place in a place called Regensburg, Germany. And it says in the story that for six months, a farmer near this town, he worked in vain to capture his runaway bull. And the story goes that the bull had escaped in the summer and he had hid out in the nearby woods, Bavarian woods. And so the farmer attempted many times to recapture the animal, to lasso him. Whatever he tried, the bull would always slip away into the woods. And said that once the farmer tried shooting the bull with a tranquilizer, but the darts or the tranquilizers failed to stop him as well. So it says after six months of failure, the farmer had a neighbor, and the neighbor succeeded in capturing the bull. And the neighbor saw the bull eating grain out of a bucket on his property. And so he tried to catch the animal as well with a rope, but he was unsuccessful. So he had an idea for when the animal returned. The story goes that his neighbor uh, put some vodka in the bucket of grain. The next day the bull returned and he ate the grain. And the next day he put two bottles of vodka in the grain, the bucket. So when the bull returned, of course the bull ate the grain, uh, the bull became kind of addled and the farmer was, or the neighbor was able, able to recapture the bull. So according to the news that day, it said the bull has now been returned to his owner and he won't be allowed out again. This was supposedly a true story that aired on the news in Germany. Well, what can we learn from this story? Well, certainly we know that Vodka brought that bull down. But what we can learn as Christians is that sin will bring us down as well. Even if you think you're as strong as a, as a bull, if you or I keep dappling with sin or the temptation of it, that we as well will be brought down. So our thoughts for tonight, the three questions here that we want to look at is, what can we do to escape sin in times of temptation? And what can we do to get away from sinful desires? And what can we do to avoid addictive behaviors which can enslave even the strongest of Christ's followers? So if you have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. A very common quoted verse here. 1 Corinthians 10, <clears throat> in verse 
13. The Bible here says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Well, what a wonderful, or how wonderful it is that we have a Heavenly Father who measures, according to this verse, each temptation so we can bear it. And He has made a way of escape for us in every single situation, every temptation that we face. God promises that He shall have the strength and the help at the right time so that we can overcome all the things that we face in this life. Notice one thing, this verse doesn't say that God gives us a way of escape from temptation so that the temptation ceases. But on the contrary, He gives us the way to escape so that we can bear the temptation. So I want to read from the Contending for the Faith commentary uh, written by Brother Mark Bailey. In verse 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. So Brother Mark writes, in verse 12, Paul warns the Corinthians about falling into temptation. But now he gives encouragement. The word temptation means an enticement to sin. Paul specifically has reference to temptations to return to the former life of heathenistic practices, and especially idolatry. He is telling the Corinthians that none of the temptations they are encountering are out of the ordinary. These temptations had taken them or seized or taken hold of them. The word common to man are defined as human in nature. So these temptations that have come on them are normal for human beings. And with the grace of God, they can withstand them. That's the end of Brother Mark's comments there. So, you know, by our own human nature, none of us wants to suffer in the flesh. And naturally, we would rather avoid having to suffer in any aspect of our lives. Oftentimes, we even pray for God to make the temptation just go away. But that is really not how life works at all. Because, again, we are mere human beings. The truth is that my temptation or temptations and your temptations dwell in us all the time. The next part of this verse goes on to say, But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that you are able to bear. Again, from the commentary of Brother Mark, even though the temptations are brought on by human nature and are common to man, Paul encourages the Corinthians by saying, But God is faithful, and He will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that you are able to bear. So notice here that Paul is not saying that God will remove these temptations, but He will leave a way open for them to retreat or a way for you or I to endure them once we are faced 
with the temptation. So what do we do when we are facing temptations? Well, certainly pray. The Bible teaches that we can come boldly before the throne of God. Hebrews 4 and 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of God, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. After we pray, how do we escape these temptations? Well, again, let's turn to the Bible, to 1 Peter chapter 4. And I'll be reading verses 1 through 11. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. This is from the American Standard Version. It says, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking, for whosoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached, even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength of that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So Paul teaches us here that God has given each of us the ability to endure temptation, to face them, to withstand them, to overcome each and every temptation we face with his help. Again, notice we are to be sober-minded, we are to have self-control, and we are to take advantage of the ways to get away from the temptation. So if you know that you are weak in an area, do not place yourself in a path that you would be tempted some of the Corinthians still had the desire to associate with their past, but this opened them up to the temptation. This is also something that happens to us. We look back at the desires we had before we became a Christian. Yes, some of these things brought us pleasure, like possibly drugs, gambling, drinking, lust of the flesh, and so on. These things are sinful, and when we start dwelling on them, we are opening the door 
for Satan to entice us. So to avoid being tempted, or even when we are facing temptation, the scripture teaches us what to do in Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Beginning in verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Again, notice verse 7. The Bible says, will guard your hearts and your minds. Verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any worthy of praise, think about these things. Verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So with the help of these verses, we all have the ability to, to resist temptation, to overcome it. Next, realize how much God has already blessed you and I. Don't be like Eve and start looking around the world. Recall what God has done for you and is, is doing for you and focus on God's blessing. That's the tactic that I think Satan used on Eve. She was in the Garden of Eden, literally a paradise. And somehow Satan convinced her that God was holding back on her, that he was holding back something from her. He convinced her that she could have more if she disobeyed God. And as a result, she forgot how good she, she had it. She forgot how blessed she was, and she gave in to temptation. As humans, we give in to temptation when we forget how good God is to us. When we forget how blessed we already are. So when we are tempted, we must focus on God's goodness if we want to escape sin in times of temptation. We must again realize how much God has blessed us with. Then we should do our best to resist the desire for evil. Think about the verse we read from Philippians. Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, lovely, or good of good report. Think of this. Fight against the cravings for sin and withstand the false appeal of our temptation. Don't place ourselves in paths that we know we have a weakness. Don't place obstacles before ourselves that we know will cause us to stumble. Despite God's generous blessings to the Israelites, they desired evil. Literally, they lusted after harmful practices. And we must not fall into the same pit. In other words, don't do what they did. Specifically, don't associate yourself with those of the world by partaking in worldly practices. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 7, 
The Bible says, Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat, and they rose up to play. Referring again to our commentary from Brother Mark Bailey, Mark writes, Paul does not make reference to the worshiping of the idol, but instead to the association with those who do. And while the Corinthians were not guilty of worshiping false gods, they were guilty of associating with those who did worship them, meaning they are placing themselves in the path of a temptation. So the scriptures are there for us to learn from past mistakes. Going on in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 8, it says, We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. Verses 9 and 10, We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. That's the attitude these Jews had trudging through the wilderness to the promised land for 40 years. And it is the attitude that we want to avoid at all costs. Going on in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. So it was given as an example to them, but it was written down as an example or instruction for us and for ages to come. What happened to these ancient Jewish people teaches us a very important lesson today. <clears throat> and that lesson is this. God has blessed you and I with every spiritual blessing. So we should refrain from placing ourselves in the path of temptations through idolatry, immorality, grumbling. We should resist the urge to complain, to indulge in the flesh, to find satisfaction in anything other than God. In the very next chapter, the Bible declares, that is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 30, Even as a blessed believer in Christ, we cannot turn away from God without serious consequences. So in closing, when we were tempted, when we were tempted to sin or temptation, we need to recall how much God has blessed us and then resist the desire for evil. Remember, don't deliberately place yourself or myself in the path of temptation. Have our minds and our thoughts on pure things and pray for God to help us endure all the things we face from day to day. Just a little over eight years ago, uh, in 2014, on August the 11th, Robin Williams lost his, his uh, battle with depression, and he died at his own hands. He was 63 years old at the time, with many fans and fellow actors who loved him. 
Before then, over the years, he had admitted abusing cocaine, which he called Peruvian marching power, and also the devil's dandruff. In 2006, he checked himself into a rehab center because he had fallen off the wagon after 20 years of sobriety. He later <clears throat> explained in an interview with ABC's Diane Sawyer that this addiction had not been caused by anything. It's just there. Williams continued, it waits. It's there, and it waits for you. Temptation lays in wait for the time when you think it's fine now, and I'm okay. Then the next thing you know, it's not okay. That's the way sin works as well, with subtly and cunning. It catches us when we least expect it. So remember, be sober-minded. The Bible says, 1 Peter 5, verse 8 through 9, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. If you want to escape sin in times of temptation, first, realize how much God has already blessed you. And second, resist the desire for evil. And third, rely on God for your way of escape. Remember to always depend on Christ to get you out of trouble and to cry out to Jesus for help when you feel yourself giving up. Go to God in prayer. Remember, giving in to temptation can happen to anyone. 1 Corinthians 10 and 12 says, Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. So despite the fact that God has richly blessed you, you alone or I are not strong enough <clears throat> to battle temptation on our own. So please remember and realize that we need help when our sinful craving rears its ugly head. And also realize and remember that we are not alone and God is faithful to limit our temptation, to provide a way of escape from it. We can always depend on God. Again, I want to impress on each of us the Bible teaches that if we want to <clears throat> escape from sin in times of sin temptation, first realize how much that God has blessed you. And then second, to resist the desire for evil. And we can do this by filling our minds with good things. And third, rely on God for your way of escape. Then take that way of escape and run. Flee from it. Flee from those substitutes for God in our life. Hurry to get away from anything that distracts us from our relationship with the Lord. <clears throat> Surround ourselves with those who are striving for the same goal. And don't be so proud 
Do not seek Jesus for ways of help. Or too proud to ask our brothers and sisters for help and to ask them to pray for us as well. Well, that's all the thoughts I have on this <clears throat> topic tonight. And I hope something has helped us to stop and think. Again, a lesson that we have heard over and over, but I think it's good to hear again to overcome temptations. Certainly the, the Lord has provided us a way, to, or will provide us a way to overcome temptation.